Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of BGN Radio. This is episode number 26, powered by SB Nation and BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm John Stolnes. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. We've got your Eagles Dallas preview part two, uh, Eagles Dallas week. Always a big deal, but uh, as we're going to get into here in just a couple of minutes, this this Eagles Dallas week feels just like it's it's missing a little something. And here to join me to, to preview the Eagles-Cowboys uh, game, this huge game on Sunday afternoon, is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the brains behind the operation at Bleeding Green Nation. May he forever reign, Brandon Lee Gowton. BLG, how you doing, buddy? John, for as frustrating and, you know, the twists and turns of this Eagles 2018 season has been, for all of the craziness, the Eagles can be first in the NFC East if they beat the Cowboys on Sunday. It's, you know, we've known that for, obviously, for a little bit here, but it feels weird to say, and it feels weird that it could be true. Because it's it just, you know, you think about the lows, you know, they blow the Titans game, they blow the Panthers game, and you just feel like this isn't the year. But they can at least maybe win the division. And it's right in front of them. So huge, huge game this week. Let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the biggest game of the season. Uh, You could say that the season rests on this game. We'll get into that coming up here in just a minute. Uh, We'll go over the injury report, look at some of the key matchups. And we got some bulletin board material to talk about here uh, in just a few minutes as well. Uh, But, of course, don't forget to follow uh, Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. So, BLG, you know, obviously the Eagles are looking for a little payback here on Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon after they lost 27-20 at the link about a month ago. Uh, Remember, they fell behind early, just had all kinds of trouble getting started in the first half. And then in the second half, the offense really seemed to find its rhythm in that game and kept tying the game up with the Cowboys time after time after time and the defense just couldn't hold off Dak and Zeke in that game they the Eagles had the same number of first downs in the game as Dallas they each had 23 and the Eagles actually outgained Dallas not by much but 421 to 410 and it was a weird game in that the Eagles lost despite not having a single penalty called against them I forgot all about that actually um but uh, Dak had himself a good game 26 to 36 for 270 um he had uh I have five touchdowns here I obviously didn't mean to write that uh but he had <laughs> I was thinking, uh, I think he had one touchdown in that game and a 102.8 rating. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was the big star, though. 19 carries for 151s and a touchdown. He also had 36 yards receiving and a score. Amari Cooper uh, had six catches for 75 yards. And uh, Carson Wentz on the other side of the ball had an okay game, especially picked it up in the second half. 32 for 44 for 360, two touchdowns and interception. Zach Ertz, 14 catches for 145 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Obviously, even after a month, BLG, these teams are a little different. Uh, The Cowboys have caught fire since that Eagles game. They really used it as a springboard here as uh, now they're riding, uh, what are they up to, a three-game winning streak, uh, having beaten the Eagles, uh, the Redskins, and the Saints. And uh, the Eagles offense now seems to be clicking too. So I think these two teams are meeting at a point when both are playing probably their best football of the season. Yeah, it's a really good point, John. And the Falcons in there, too. So it's four in a row. Falcons, um, that's what it was. Yep. So they're they're hot. They're a hot team. Obviously, we were podcasting, very much unfortunately, <laughs> during their their win over <laughs> the Saints on Thursday Night Football last week, which is certainly a legitimate win in the sense of their defense is very good. Nothing fluky, really, about that. Just a really good defensive performance there. The offense still not amazing. I mean, you're, you're, what, they only scored 13 points? Like, you're not... Probably not winning in the playoffs if you're doing that all the time. Right. But, um, you know, looking at this Cowboys team and looking back at that game from earlier in the season, I mean, the Cowboys are a pretty predictable team. Like, they're not going to confuse you. They have their formula. They have their identity. And that is get a lead and run the ball and make life easy on Dak Prescott. You know, don't make it so that he has to carry the team and, and he's being put in this difficult situation. You know, you build that lead and, and then you can run the ball and have Zeke and, and, you know, make it very easy for Dak. And obviously the defense can kind of do their thing at that point, play with the lead, and they're good at doing that. So you look back at what the Eagles need to do in this game and they need to get off to a better start. And obviously you want to do that every week. But for a team that is quite clearly the worst team in the NFL – at getting off to fast starts, and that's the yeah. Eagles, with now 28 points in the, fir- in the first quarter this year since they scored one against Washington, and that was great to see. If you're looking for a positive sign from that game on Monday night and looking 
maybe, okay, can the Eagles build forward on that? Maybe it is that, you know, they were able to get off to this fast start against Washington, who, you know, Washington has a respectable defense. I'm not going to tell you, you know, their defense is as good as Dallas, but it's respectable at the very least. Uh, so it was good to see them get off to that start like they did. And you, you need to see that here because if you play with the lead against the Cowboys, that's a completely different game. Like that's not that's not how the Cowboys are built to play. If you get them into a situation where suddenly they can't really run the ball as much because they need to pass in order to get back into the game, like Dak Prescott probably isn't going to be able to do that for the most part. So that's the formula for them. They have to get off to that fast start. I know it's easier said than done, clearly, for a team, again, that scored 28 points in 12 games this year in the first quarter. I, I, you almost believe it when you see it, when you're hoping that this offense can get off to that start uh, or you know, or the defense goes out there and hopefully gets a stop and gives the offense a chance to do something early in the game. But that's what it's going to take. They need to get the lead in this game. Obviously, again, you want to do that every week, yes. But I'm saying especially this week is really important. Yeah, you know, when they got that 7 nothing lead last week, it felt like they just gained a ton of confidence because it has been so infrequently that they've scored opening drive touchdowns or opening drive points of any kind to start the game off with a lead and just ride that for the entire game against Washington was, was really uh, a departure from, from what we've seen from them this year. And you're right, that would go a long way. They've trailed so many times at halftime or at the end of the first quarter this year that it, like the season, each game has felt like an uphill battle. Every single game, it just feels like they're scratching and clawing. That's what the last Dallas game felt like. The entire second half, they were just trying to catch up. And every time they would pull even, Dallas would pull ahead again. And they'd pull even again, and they'd been, Dallas would pull ahead. And it just, the Eagles ended up getting the ball last. They had an opportunity to win at the end of the game and came up just a half a yard short at the end of it. Uh, there was some questionable play calling towards the end of that game, some would say, uh, but uh, it's, they now are playing, the Eagles are, are, are playing some pretty good football. The Cowboys obviously playing really good football. The Cowboys a game ahead of the Eagles in the standings at 7-5. and five. The Eagles tied with Washington at 6-6. Six and six. But like you said, uh, if the Eagles can, uh, can, beat, can beat Dallas here on Sunday afternoon, they're in first place. Now the schedule from that point on, BLG, let's just take a look at the schedule before we get into this game a little bit. Uh, the Eagles have some tough opponents remaining. I mean, they have to go into Los Angeles and play the Rams and then they have to play the Houston Texans at home. They get the Redskins the last game of the season. But you and I have both talked about the fact that uh, this this Washington, this uh, Texas uh, Texans team is maybe not as good as having won nine in a row, but they've won nine in a row. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, it's you you don't do that by accident. I mean, obviously that's a good football team, and the Rams are the Rams, and so Dallas has a much easier schedule over the last part of their season. So even even beating Dallas, it gives the Eagles a, a great opportunity, but they still have a, a tough road ahead of them here over the last month of the season. Yeah, so basically the Eagles have to beat Dallas, and then from those final three games for both teams, the Eagles have to at least have the same record as the Cowboys do. You know, like, so if the Cowboys win two, the Eagles need to win at least two because they their record has to be their overall record has to obviously be at least tied. So then that right. divisional tiebreaker comes into play, which the Eagles will have if they beat Dallas and obviously they beat Washington too, which is important. So which are they better? Yes, yeah. which yeah, especially <laughs> at this point, you know, they're down to to Mark Sanchez. You would you would very much hope. So it's 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 not going to be easy. I will say that. The, the Cowboys playoff or the, the the Cowboys schedule in those final three games might be a little bit harder than it looks like on paper because they're going to play in Indianapolis. I mean, we'll see how the Colts respond yeah. this week. They obviously just got shut out, which isn't great for them uh, and Frank Reich. Um, but we'll see how they respond this week uh, and we'll see how that goes. And, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe the Cowboys find a way to lose there in Indianapolis. Then they will be hosting the Buccaneers who – you know, they had a, a good game. They beat the Panthers. Do I think they're going to beat Dallas? No, but I'm saying, like, who knows? You know, maybe they can suddenly have a, a big game. And then the Giants. They play the Giants, who, again, I don't think the Giants are actually good, but they're not They're, they're not as bad as they were earlier this season. They start, they're, they're improved. They're showing some signs of life there. Uh, leave it to Pat Shermer to coach up a win in a, in a very meaningless game that will only hurt his team's draft position. So <laughs> I'm not... 
I'm not going to say it's impossible uh, that they could. I think they lose at least one of those three games. I think we can yeah. we can probably agree on that, and maybe two. I don't know. And if if it is two, then that would be great because all the Eagles would need to do is beat Washington at that point, and they would be in. Uh, they wouldn't even need to beat L.A. and Houston. And I think the Houston game is winnable for the for the Eagles just because at home. Yeah, yeah. you're at home. Uh, you know the Texans are they won nine in a row, so I'm not saying they're bad, but I don't think they're like. I just don't think they're on pace with the Chiefs or the Rams or the Saints. Like I think right. they're below that tier of team. Um, maybe I'm sleeping on them. Maybe we'll see. Uh, and then the Rams game. I mean, I don't think – I'm not going to say it's likely the Eagles win there, but I think the Eagles have a better chance of winning that game than I would say they would have winning uh, in New Orleans against the Saints just because, you know, much tougher place to play in the Superdome. Um, and I just think the Saints are better than the Rams overall. So – there's certainly the path there, and obviously we've talked about how the wild card, uh, the Eagles' chances there have improved, although it's still unlikely. You know, you look at the projections, they're up to like 6%, 7%, and honestly, like, that shouldn't be the focus. Like, I don't want to think about the wild right. card. Like, who, no, right. I, why am I thinking about that? Like, that's a last-ditch effort. It's kind of like, obviously, I want them to make the playoffs if they can. It's going to be hard to get fired up about making the wild card when, like, you, you consider this team has, what, they've won road win this year like and uh, right. against the Giants. And I'm not counting the Jaguars game, you know, because that's like a neutral field. So not the most uh, exciting proposition at that point. It, it all comes down, again, to, to obviously, to this game on Sunday, the ESPN released a uh, a playoff leverage index. I don't know if you saw it, John, but this is from uh, Brian Burke. Like the leverage for this game against the Cowboys is forty seven percent. So like the Eagles oh, playoff, man. yeah, it's huge. It's the season. It is the season right yeah. here. Um, that is a huge swing if the Eagles win this game. Yeah. Um, so they have to do it. And this is must win. Beal. It's must win. We've it said is. it a lot it of is. times this year. This is, is must win. It, yeah. it is like you. It's not impossible. Like, I mean, you know, mathematically, if the Eagles lose this game to the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys could lose out and the Eagles could win out and win. But, like, come on. It's not. You know, we're not going to see that happen. Or, again, they could sneak in as a wild card. But, like, they need a lot of things to go right. They need the Vikings to drop some games here. And they need the Panthers to drop some games. Not impossible, but just, again, not really likely. Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, Oh, They got some help last week. Yeah, go ahead. They do make the playoffs. And are getting our, our, our ahead of ourselves a little bit here. That's probably who they would play in the first round. Seattle still has to uh, play Cardinals and the 49ers. I think they're going to be locked in at that five seed. So even if the Eagles do make the playoffs and they're the four seed, they're going to have to host Seattle. So we'll, we'll worry about that down the road, but I'm just saying something yeah. to think about. Yeah, that's uh, hosting Russell Russell uh, Russell Wilson in a do-or-die playoff game is not exactly something I relish either, but uh, we'll jump off that bridge when we get there. Um, but as we're looking ahead at this Eagles game, uh, one – we got a little bit of a bulletin board trash talking going on this week, BLG, before we get into the injury report. This is some serious stuff. Guys, Buddy Ryan and Jimmy Johnson, this ain't, all right? This is Kamu Grugier-Hill <laughs> trash talking the Cowboys earlier this week by saying, the Cowboys always choke and they'll choke again this week, mm. which was followed up by Dak Prescott quoting his his coach, Jason Garrett, saying, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, BLG, but it's something along the lines of winners concentrate on winning losers concentrate on, on people on who winners. are winning yeah winners worry about I mean, winning I, and losers worry about winners there you go i mean dak i mean they have one first of all <laughs> they have one more win than the eagles do this year so let's let's not pretend that dallas is up here <laughs> running for a 12 and 4 record and remind me blg who won the yeah. super bowl last year yeah i mean you know when you're looking for some wisdom, you know, you just have to go to Jason Garrett, who you know, a has won a yeah. ton of big games in his coaching <laughs> career. I mean, he definitely knows more about winning, you know, than a player from the team that won the Super Bowl earlier this year did. So definitely a good job there. Oh, by the way, uh, kind of wondering then if, you know, Dak is talking about, you know, winners worry about winning. I mean, I don't know then if he was worried about winning last year when he guaranteed the Cowboys would win the NFC because they didn't win. The NFC East mm-hmm. last year. So I don't know if he was worried about winning then. Maybe he wasn't. I mean, clearly he wasn't. So. <laughs> right. 
I mean, this is all just nonsense anyway. This is, I mean, no one plays better because someone <laughs> mentions a quote, you know, challenge. There's no such thing as bulletin board material, at least as far as I'm concerned. You know, when these guys get on the field, they're not going to be thinking about Kamakuje Hill's <laughs> comments. I mean, th- this this rivalry has lost the heat. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I was watching some some of the, the, the team highlights from the late 80s and early 90s this week, just killing some time here and there. And when you get to those Cowboys games, those games in the season when you had Buddy going up against Landry and then Jimmy Johnson, and then, you know, once they got Aikman and Irvin and Smith and there were so many players to to, to root against on that team when 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 they played the, the Steelers in the Super Bowl and you're just rooting for someone to knock Barry Switzer off of his high horse, you know, there's just none of that. There, there's When you look at Jason Garrett, you don't see a coach that you that you want to hate. You see a buffoon. And when you look at most of the players on that team, at least on offense, Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is a guy we can all grow to really loathe. But, mm. you know, is that good enough to hate? You know, I mean, it's just and the, the players that they have on defense have got a very good defense, but there's really not a household name there just as of yet. So maybe that changes after this year. But this this rivalry's lost a lot of heat. And if Kamu Gruje Hill and Dak Prescott quoting Jason Garrett is what we get for heat nowadays in this rivalry. I, I weep. I weep for our future, BLG. Yeah, it's not. It just hasn't been the same. I think we've said that for a while now. Just there, there haven't been a lot of good Eagles Cowboys games, like in terms of yeah. meaningful too. I mean, you look back at 2013 when they were playing in Week 17, and you know, is that the most meaningful game they've had probably in a while? And Kyle Orton was starting that game. For the Cowboys, yeah, so right. like, yeah, uh, not exactly the most you know intense kind of matchup there. Uh, yeah, so in recent years, you know, you've had these games like you know obviously the past two seasons where it's Week 17 and 2016, the Eagles have everything, or no, the Cowboys have everything locked up and they're going to the playoffs as the one seed last year. Opposite scenario, um, so that kind of takes the some of the heat out of it. Uh, if you will. And then even the, the game in uh, Dallas last year, the Eagles played, they blew out the Cowboys. First half was close, but you know, then they just put, put their, their, um, their foot on the gas and never really looked back. So it's kind of just lacking those signature games. You had a good one in 2016 where the Eagles and Cowboys played, you know, Dak and Carson were rookies. Mm-hmm. The game went to overtime. It was a really good game. Yeah. Uh, I think the Eagles outplayed them arguably for most of that game. Um, obviously didn't win, unfortunately. So, uh, well, and the game a few weeks ago was a, was it wasn't necessarily a well played no. game, but it was a it was a tight contest. Back it was close, and forth. but it, yeah, it was it yeah. wasn't a good game though. Like no. I think the Cowboys were pretty much in control for most of the way, um, and really just the Eagles were beating themselves. It wasn't even like the Cowboys were yeah. just straight up dominating them. It, like it was just like, well, the Eagles cannot get out of their way at all, and it's weird because for whatever reason the Eagles just have not played well overall against the Cowboys. Yeah, at the link at home, where you where you think they would, you know, home field and advantage and all. They've played yeah. better in Dallas for some reason. They are six and two at AT and T Stadium since two thousand and ten. The two losses have been uh, the one that we talked about already in overtime. Again, in a game where they, I felt like they played better than the Cowboys in that loss. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's one loss that they had where I again arguably played better. And then the other one was in two thousand twelve. I believe Nick Foles was starting. Um, and obviously, they only won four games that year. They were terrible. So, point being, right. you know, they they usually play well, well down there in Dallas. I think there's something to that about you know uh, going up against this rival and your backs being against the wall. And hopefully, we see that on Sunday. And especially because now, look, I don't really think Camus comments matter a ton. I think they're getting a lot of attention this week because there is nothing else going on. Like, what else would we be talking about right now if, if yeah. Kamu didn't say this? So so thank you, Kamu, for doing that. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> they're going to have no outcome in the week's game. Like you said it, John. No. It, it doesn't yeah. – it's not going to be like, oh, the Cowboys got – oh, you know, Kamu's comments really, like, fired them up and they were extra motivated to win. I mean, no. It's like – it's a huge game. There's, there's no added – bulletin board material to me now i will say that obviously it'll suck if the eagles lose because that's going to be shoved in everyone's face the fact that right especially if they lose in like a fashion where they have a lead and they choke it away at the end that'll make it worse but let's be real like if they were losing anyway it was still going to suck like it's not going to really feel like like a billion times worse because Kamu said that. Maybe it's a little worse. Uh, I just don't think it's significant. Yeah. On uh, and then on the flip side, if the Eagles do win and the Cowboys do choke this game away and the NFC least away and the NFC East lead away, 
then it's kind of funny, right? It's kind of like, hey, yeah. Kamu was right. And, he was right. And <laughs> why would you doubt the man who, you know, Kamu caught a lot of flack last year when he was one of the two guys, it was him and Steven Means, who dumped the Gatorade on Doug Peterson after week one. Everyone was like, what are you doing? It's week one. Why are you doing that? And he ended up being, you know, prescient in a way. And yeah. he was then in February 4th dumping Gatorade on Doug Peterson after a Super Bowl win. So I don't know. Maybe Kamu knew something that we don't, uh, but I am certainly not going to kill him for it. If if you don't like it, I get it, but I just don't really think it matters in the end. I don't think, you know, there's no bearing. It just doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter at all. It's all just a little bit of, little bit of something to talk about because, like you said, there's just not much juice going on right now with this game uh, off the field other than just the anticipation of these two teams pretty much knowing that uh, the division is on the line here when they when they play on Sunday afternoon. So let's take a look at the injury report. Obviously, BLG, the Eagles are on a short week, having played on Monday night. And so uh, there were a number of players who did not practice on Thursday, including uh, Timmy Jernigan, Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, Jordan Hicks, and Michael Bennett all did not participate in practice. Josh Adams was out there. Looks like he's going to be fine. But Jason Peters was at practice but did not participate. So we've got a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball who, again, just just would love to see this defense, even as it's constituted now with this roster, get everybody back and healthy. But I guess the question is, how much of this lack of participation in practice is due to the fact that this is a short week and it's late in the season and you basically just want to get everybody healthy enough to play on Sunday? And how many of these guys do you think you're were actually worried about not suiting up on Sunday? Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head there, John, when it's it's just about getting these guys to Sunday. I mean, it, it's a short week for the Eagles. They, they played on Monday, um, really at a rest disadvantage, given that the Cowboys played last Thursday, you know, so they're not only is it, you know, the it's not like the Cowboys played on Sunday and the Eagles are in the short week. It's like, no, also the Cowboys, you know, have had a chance to rest, although that really didn't matter last time these two teams played because it was the Eagles who were coming off the bye. On the bye, and yeah. And the Cowboys were coming off a, a bad Monday night football loss at home, so they had the short week and it didn't really show in the oh, game. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, let's bring it full circle though, BLG. <laughs> it can, it can be Return the, the favor. So, but maybe yeah. there's something to that again. Again, like the whole backup against your wall thing where you're kind of like, okay, you know, we're on the short week. Like, we better not slip up. Like, there's not a lot of room for error here. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. But I think when you look at this injury report, that's clearly the case. It's kind of hard to get a read, really. Um, it's good that Josh Adams is full go. That's a good thing. Um, Obviously, they didn't have a full practice on Wednesday. It was just that estimated injury report because they're kind of resting the guys, which is the right call to me. I mean, you don't need to to be practicing hardcore, I think, by week 14. You know, just get these guys healthy uh, and ready to play for the, your biggest game of the season. It sounds like based on what Doug Peterson had to say on Tuesday, uh, Jalen Mills is the only player who doesn't sound like he has a real chance to play this week. He's still in that, I think, that walking boot. He's that foot injury. Um, mm-hmm. Doug did say he expects Timmy Jernigan to play and Jason Peters. Uh, I, I feel more confident about Peters just because, you know, he's probably going to tough it out. Uh, Jernigan, a, a little concerned just because of the back thing. Like that whole thing is scares me. Like yeah. back stuff. I don't, I just don't know. Um, but Doug did say he expects him. So we'll see. And then Avante Maddox had said on last Saturday before the Washington game that he hopes to play this week. So that, seemed like an encouraging sign. Doug Peterson called him day-to-day, so we'll see if he's back. And then Michael Bennett um, was listed as limited, actually, on Wednesday in the estimated injury report, which is kind of weird because then he was downgraded to, to did not practice. But he, he barely practiced last week, and he played, so I think he should be fine. And then Jordan Hicks, who I was surprised that Doug Peterson kind of said he was day-to-day and had a chance this week. So, We'll see if he can go. Obviously, Friday's injury report will be the third and final one, uh, which will tell us a little bit more about if these guys can go. Friday's usually a light practice. So, you know, uh, if guys are not practicing, might not be the best sign, but I don't know. Maybe the Eagles are being a little coy with this too, especially with it being a big game. Maybe they're kind of doing a little bit of gamesmanship here in addition to the short week and kind of just keeping things a little bit more nebulous and vague than they would. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, really need some of these guys because, uh, especially in the trenches, because you're looking at you know how important that is to this team. And, and 
why the Eagles have been playing a little bit better offensively is because the offensive line is stepping up. I mean, they didn't allow mm-hmm. Carson Wentz to get sacked on Monday night. That's awesome. He only got hit four yeah. times. That's great. Keep it up. The, the, and they're obviously, they're, they're opening holes in the running game as well. So that's great to see. And defensively, they've been able to pressure the quarterback. Again, great to see. And, you know, to have Timmy Jernigan back, who the Eagles clearly didn't have uh, when they played the Cowboys earlier this year in Week 10, I mean, to have him back and to kind of fill out this defense when you're going up against a team that is going to run the ball, I mean, it would be sure be nice to get a little bit stout, more stout in the middle there uh, going up against, again, this team that wants to, to run the ball often and, and control the clock. And when you're the team that just gave up a – a franchise record-breaking touchdown run to a 33-year-old Adrian Peterson, you could sure right. use <laughs> uh, improved <laughs> run defense this week. So hopefully the Eagles get those guys healthy. It would be great to see. Great to have them. So that's the hope. Yeah. It's interesting how the run defense really has faltered. It was really good early in the season, but it has – I mean, aside from that big run by Peterson, though, they did they did a decent job against, against the Redskins running backs. But, uh, again, when once uh, – Colt McCoy leaves the game and Mark Sanchez comes in, you pretty much know that uh, you can lock some certain things down. Um, As we're looking here to Sunday afternoon, let's look at some matchups here, BLG. And I guess the big question to ask ourselves is whether or not we feel the offense is back. They've scored 25 or more points, two straight games now after having only done it once uh, during the the, uh, 10 games before that. So you've got an Eagles offense right now that seems to be finding an identity. They seem to have discovered some balance you know we see them committing to the running game a little bit more really even forcing the issue at times which which is which is fine because it seems to be playing dividends with with play action and the offensive line seems to like not having to pass protect every single down so and and you're now you know using a one guy as your main running back in Josh Adams who's running hard running well uh, Carson Wentz is w- w- last week used, I think he threw a pass to eight or nine different receivers. I mean, when he's using everybody in, in the offense, that's how the offense looked last week. BLG is how it looked in 2017. That's the first time I saw the 2017 Eagles in the 2018 version. So what, do you think the offense is, is hitting their stride now? Are they finding their identity? They're getting closer for sure. I don't think they're fully there. I mean, Especially, you know, it's frustrating to see some of the, the plays left on the field against Washington. Uh, the, the interception was really bad that Carson had in the red zone there. And just yep. the the screen that Nelson Aguilar, who was – he might have been open for a touchdown. I mean, he would blocking. Oh, yeah. He was wide open. It's kind of just uh, – Carson missed him. So, uh, I don't think it, that's like a panic point there. I, I think he's going to be able to hit Nelson Aguilar more often than not. And as Kiston Solak have pointed out, you've seen some more wrinkles in this offense. So that's good to see some some more different looks that we're seeing here now down the stretch. Um, nice to see. And and very nice to see. How about something we talked about last week, John? Golden Tate getting incorporated into the offense yeah, there we naturally. Go. Like not, yep. not in a way where it's like, all right, we're going to run this play to Golden Tate. And it doesn't work because it's really predictable and it's kind of just too forced. It, putting him in situations where he's kind of just like an option in a progression uh, through the offense. And we finally saw him be able to use that yards after the catch ability. Like he had on that out route there where Carson hits him and he turns the corner. He's so good at doing that. If you look at his highlights, you Mm -hmm. see so many plays where, you know, he's, he's running an out route and he did against Dallas earlier this year when he, he, he had an out route against them. He broke a tackle. He stared Jeff Heath down and like, you know, totally like shook him out of his shoes and made him look like a fool and ran into the end zone. So, I mean, it'd be great to see if he could do that again this week against this tough Dallas defense. And that'll be the test, right? I mean, is this Eagles offense back? We will have the answer to that on Sunday when you're facing a Dallas defense that ranks seventh overall in DVOA. They are at 3.7 opponent yards per rush attempt, which is the second best in the NFL. They're not allowing teams to run them. Um, and then they are at 6.9 yards per pass attempt, which is 11th. So a little bit more vulnerable against the pass, but still um, still pretty good overall. Now, I will say that Josh Adams did have seven attempts for 47 yards, which is a mm-hmm. 6.7 yards per carry clip against Dallas in Week 10. Small sample size there with seven attempts, but it was working. So He ran well. He ran well, yeah. and he's been running well recently. I really just... I mean, he looks like a legitimate player, right? I mean, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying he's a superstar, but he looks like a guy who belongs at the very least. He, he can get to the edge there. 
And that is like so refreshing to see because we're just not seeing that earlier this season. You know, Wendell Smallwood does not have that kind of uh, he's not he's not threatening in any no way. Burst. There's no, no burst, burst there's, at all. There's no reason yeah. to fear him. Um, right. He can get sometimes what's blocked for him there, but it's just he's not going to get anything more. And then Corey Clement, who has been proving, uh, I still think is it's a little disappointing in the way where he's getting into these situations where, you know, he only has one guy to miss. And I think I was talking to you uh, about this last week, John, where I had said I'd watch yeah. that video with Deuce Staley. And he kind of said, like, look, Corey, we can get you to here. Like, that's we that's our job. Like, we got to get you to this point, but you got to get us into the end zone or you got to get us, you know, past this one defender. And he hasn't been able to do that, which is a little disappointing, but he's still playing better overall, which is encouraging. So there are encouraging signs here with the offense. They're certainly showing signs of improvement. They're showing signs of life. Uh, the, the offensive line is something you can really hang your hat on. That's something earlier this season that we were talking about. It's like, what, what makes you feel good about this team? And it's almost nothing at that point. The offensive line, if they're playing well, makes me feel pretty good because that's how they won the Super Bowl. They, they dominated in the trenches. So uh, hopefully mm-hmm. we continue to see that this week. That'll be the big test. Um, you're, Carson's going to have to have a, a huge game. And that's something that going away from Monday night's performance was one of my takeaways. Like this is, this is a good enough Carson Wentz performance to beat Washington when they're playing with Mark Sanchez. But this is probably not a good enough Carson Wentz performance to go into Dallas next week. Like he needs to play better. I know the stats were good and he did a lot of good things and, I, and I'm probably being too harsh on him because I have high expectations, but that's where it should be. I mean, this is the kind of player where we are hoping Carson Wentz is a guy who shows up big, not just an average player, a really good player. So he needs to have a big game this week. I think he has it in him. Uh, he's capable of doing it. It's just a matter of going out there and executing. Yeah, we saw him use his legs a lot more against Washington, which people had been talking a lot about. And I wonder if he was hearing that and decided to more consciously make that a part of his game on Monday night because it wasn't even just scrambling and and gaining yards as a rusher. It was making things happen behind the line of scrimmage, buying time for his receivers downfield. The the touchdown pass to Golden Tate in the first quarter on the first drive was because he was able to buy some time with his legs in the backfield. And that's also probably one of the reasons why he didn't get sacked last week is he was able to escape a little bit, show a little bit more movement back there in the pocket. And we had been thinking, well, he probably still isn't 100%. There was, of course, that uh, that report that came out shortly uh, before the, the Giants game a couple weeks ago. And I think that was probably true, that he isn't 100%. He's got that brace on his knee. And we know that Carson is a is a pretty good quarterback throwing the football. He's pretty accurate, but he's he's not the most accurate guy in the world. What makes him special is the ability to throw the ball in some tight windows and to be a reasonably accurate quarterback, but also to couple that with an ability to make plays. And I don't think it's fair to expect him to be 2017 Carson Wentz in that regard because he is coming off of a couple of major knee injuries. He had surgery not too long ago. He's still within the window where you're recovering from that injury. But now maybe we're going to start to see a little bit more of that escapability here over the last month of the season. Maybe now he's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in the pocket and starting to feel that rush a little bit better, knowing where the escape routes are so that he can buy some time for his receivers. If that's the Carson Wentz we see, that's that's the MVP level Carson Wentz. The, ex- the reason the expectations are so high is because we so- we've seen Carson Wentz play at an MVP level. We haven't seen that this year, and I don't think any of us should have expected to see that this year, given the fact he was coming off of that injury and that he was still recovering from it. But this is a game, like you say, I 100% agree with you, BLG. We need to see MVP Carson Wentz in this game. And hopefully we do. And I will mention, since you're talking about the injury here, I believe it is the 10th of December last year when very... Sadly and tragically, oh yeah, uh, Carson Wentz did get hurt. So it, it's going to be about a year almost on Sunday from when he had that injury. Um, it's not like I'm saying there's like a light switch here and it's like, all right, it's a year. You just flip it back on. <laughs> right. But but yeah. still, I mean, you're getting closer to that point, which is good to see. And, and you're hoping that 
the mobility that you did see against Washington, as you mentioned, is something that they can kind of continue to utilize. Not again, not just not just about you know having him run and, and scramble and do crazy things like that, but just getting him out on the move. You know, like they did on that throw and designed run, designed rollouts yes. and stuff like, like that. Like yep, on that exactly. throw to Nelson that thirty-nine yard gain, like that was awesome to to have him out there and to just sling it down the field. Like that's something he can do, and that, and that's dangerous. And and or even when he did with Golden Tate there early in the game, where he, he buys some time. He floats up that pass, and it's a huge play uh, to, to get the ball there to him. So he's capable of doing it, and you know, hopefully, we can see some of that here again. Um, it, it's a spot where he has to deliver. You know, for as much as we've talked about him, you know, being clutch or whatever, and all that stuff this year. I mean, this is the spot where he needs to come up big for this team. Like this is this is where the best quarterbacks step up in the spot. And if he does play well, that changes some of the calculus for this team like going down the stretch that makes you excited the fact like, like yep. if, if they can beat the Cowboys in Dallas and Carson Wentz is playing very well you're like okay we're not only like are we actually like mathematically alive and like technically alive no, like no we're legitimately alive like we can if, if, if he's playing well and they beat Dallas and you're like okay yeah we have these final three games and they're not the, the toughest or they're not the easiest on paper but we could probably win at least two of these at that point, whether that's, you know, the Rams game or the Texans game uh, and probably that Washington game. And at that point, again, we talked about the, the Cowboys schedule down the stretch. I think they lose at least one. So if the Eagles can get to those two wins, that could be it. And then you're in the East and, you know, again, you might be playing Seattle. Not the easiest thing, but you're at home. And if you, if you have a Carson Wentz playing well, I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> it's Super Bowl repeat. Uh, that easily, right. but like you have a fighting you chance. Give yourself a yeah, chance. You that fighting yeah, chance. Exactly. So hopefully that's what we see. Yeah, and I I think getting some help from the run game helps too, and that helps with with rollouts. You know, you can you can do some play action where you where you get everybody going to the left side and roll Carson out to the right and and try and get some some matchups that way and uh, give Carson the option to run if he if he needs to and and get him into some space. The run game being productive helps so much. And and I don't think anybody wants this to be a 50-50 split. That's just not the way the NFL is anymore. But having Josh Adams back there as a guy who defenses do have to be concerned about. I mean, these Dallas linebackers are amazing. Leighton Vander Esch is fantastic. Jalen Smith is fantastic. Sean Lee's a good player. Damian Wilson's a good player. These are guys that are not going to easily get fooled. In in the game a few weeks ago at at Lincoln Financial Field, they, they just had Dallas defenders swarming to the ball Every single time an Eagles player had it, because I don't think they were confused by anything. They weren't fooled by anything. They, you, the the linebackers didn't have to worry about the running game at all. So they were just keying on screen passes. And we we saw last week with a good running game, defenses don't know exactly what to expect. They can't key in on any one thing. So that opens up the screen game. It opens up the play action. And you know, frankly, it it opens up the run game. I mean, when when you can run the football and you've got a good offensive line that can do that, you can eat up clock. You can you can churn out yards. You can use a running. You can run the ball on third and two, and you can you can reasonably have more expectations. You're going to convert convert fourth and short. So it just I, I, that has been. I give Mike Groh and Doug Peterson credit these last two weeks. We gave Groh a real hard time with his comments regarding Golden Tate, and they were well deserved. Credit those two guys for having good game plans these last couple of weeks and for being able to utilize the run game and figuring out what to do with Josh Adams, you know, to actually use him and recognize the fact that, hey, we might have a productive running back on our hands here. Yeah, he's the hot hand, and they have been. And now flipping it to the other side of the ball just to talk about the um, the Cowboys offense for a little bit. I mean, they're not exactly a juggernaut. Obviously, you know, having Ezekiel Elliott helps their run game tremendously. He is a he's a very good player. Um, you can't yeah. other than off the field stuff. You know, as a football player, it's hard to say a lot bad about Zeke. I mean, he, he can he can really do it all. He's been really valuable for them recently as just like a checkdown option, a guy who Dak can go down to, and you know, easy completion. And he's he's very hard to tackle. He's just that's that's a it's a huge thing with him. You just see him, you know, churning those legs and you know getting tacklers fall yeah. off him, and man. he always falls it's forward. Like, he's never getting like stuffed yeah. or falling, but he's always falling forward. So even even in a play where like you'll have it defended pretty well, uh, and it should probably be a tackle for loss, he'll find a way to get like you know two yards out of it, a two yard gain, which is it adds up. It makes it easier. Like that's why I think that's why I'm not a big Dak guy. Is <laughs> because I think. People don't understand yeah. how easy 
like life is made on him by having Zeke. Like if you gave Carson Wentz Zeke, I think we'd see a very, a very much different Carson Wentz, even better this year and and forever if he had, had that kind of reliable running back talent for him. So that's that's going to be a big challenge for this defense. And honestly, I mean, I'm concerned because this Eagles defense has allowed big runs. I mean, not just big running plays like we saw with Adrian Peterson. I mean, overall, the defense stepped up for most of that game. That run aside, which you can't just take away because it did happen. But um, in recent weeks, you know, we've talked about it. Like They they allowed Barkley to go off for a lot. Even Wayne Gallman had a Mm -hmm. decent average. Um, uh, What's the other game that I can't think of? The uh, Well, Zeke went off. The uh, the Saints, Kamara and Mark Ingram went off. Like, They've they've been a very leaky run defense, so it's an issue, and I'm concerned about it. I, I hope you know the Eagles focus in on it because like it shouldn't be to a point where you know you're you're scared of um, Dak. Like, uh, let me rephrase that. So the Eagles should be putting themselves in a spot where they should be challenging Dak to beat them, right? Like you right. want him to beat if you're going to get yep. beaten you want to have it in a way where he just makes some throws cuz that's probably not going to happen as reliably as it is if you, know, you can't go into this game saying hey let's make Ezekiel Elliott beat us cuz he is going to beat you he already did uh you you have to stop the run i just think that's so critical against this Cowboys team and it's not a secret it's like what they do isn't you know it's there's nothing complex about it they have their formula it's simple to stop. It's just, uh, in theory, it's just not, you know, the execution of right. it isn't very easy. So uh, I will say about this Eagles defense that they've shown some dominance recently. I mean, in, in their um, the last two halves of these games here, um, I had the number here, and now I lost it, but I don't know where it is. Um, they've, ah. they've allowed only three points, and I think something like uh, 64 yards and 49 plays, it's around there. Like, that's pretty good. Like, oh, and now, yeah. granted, they've played Eli Manning and Mark Sanchez, so that clearly helps a ton. But still, I mean, for an Eagles defense that's been missing, I mean, last week, obviously, five of their top five cornerbacks and a bunch of right. other injuries, that's still, you know, I, I have enough hope in this defense that they can keep this game respectable and especially into Cowboys offense that isn't exactly a total juggernaut. Now that's not to say they're going to, you know, shut them out or be perfect here, but I just think they can keep it manageable. It's so at that point, yeah. it's going to be up to the offense to really step up. And that's why it is so critical for Carson Wentz to have this big game, but it's not like I think the defense is going to, you know, bleed like 40 points in this game. Like they're going to keep the game within reach. It's just a matter of, you know, can the offense really, you know, step up here and, you know, maybe defense come up with some big plays for once. <laughs> they still rank second to last in the NFL and takeaways this year, and they need to get some in this game. And the opportunity will be there for them because Dak Prescott is the most most sacked quarterback in the league this year. So they're going to be able to get to him. Um, they they have to strip sack him. And he's, he's put the ball on the ground. We all talk about how Carson Wentz fumbles. Dak has more than Carson this year. Uh, and he's had some f- very fortunate fumble luck. Uh, like we saw against the yeah. Saints, the ball just like bounces right back to him. Um, he obviously had the other one where he turned the ball over at the end of the game and almost gave the game away. And the Eagles are going to need to capitalize on that. They're going to have to strip sack him and and get the ball and you know set the offense up in some good field position here because if they can get and that's another that's another reason why stopping the run is so key because if they can stop the run, Cubs are going to have to pass. They're going to have to drop back more. And Dak is getting sacked already the most in the league. I mean, if you're going to have him drop back, they're going to have opportunities to get to him. So they're going to have to get to him. You're going to have to knock that ball out. And that's what it's going to have to be. They're, like it, the, sim- the formula is simple. It's just challenging to execute. And that's what it's going to have to be. It's not It's not a game where you were saying, John, like it's not – there's no trick here. Like, you know, these, these two teams, they played each other. They already know what they're going to do. It's not about out-scheming each other for the most part. It's just about executing, and they just have to do it. Yeah, Carson Wentz said that today during his news conference, and that the difference between losing and winning a few weeks ago was execution. That they and they even like you said last week, they they left some plays on the field, and that was mostly due to execution. That's that's going to be the main thing. If they the the old saying is the best offense is a good defense. In this case, I think the best defense is a good offense. You know, by getting out to an early lead, as we've talked about, you do let your defenders gear up to not have to worry about the run game as much and that you can focus on trying to make Dak beat you because you know these these cornerbacks they, they are getting some guys back I mean you don't it's not 
all consisting of people off off the street now. I mean, some of the guys who actually made the team out of training camp will actually be playing in the secondary this uh, this weekend again. So that's that's encouraging. It's it's nice to see that this team is actually maybe starting to get a little bit healthier as we get uh, as we get deeper into the season here. But um, yeah, I mean, and and. Amari Cooper has been a big addition for this team too. He has continued to play well since since being acquired by the Cowboys. And this is a trade we mocked because giving up a first round pick for Amari Cooper still probably on paper doesn't sound like it was all that smart, but if it he seems to have really helped out Dak. You know, he seems to have given Dak a real bona fide target to throw the ball to. So this isn't to say that Dak can't make some plays against the Eagles because he can. He he is good running with the football, but how how much of a help has Amari Cooper been to Dak Prescott? At least being not brutal at quarterback. He's been he's been let's be honest during this winning streak he's been good. I, I think Dak Prescott during this four game winning streak has been good. He's made some plays. He's made good throws. I think he's playing with more confidence now. I don't think Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, mm-hmm. but over this last month, I think he's played good. Yeah, I mean, I think the pressure has been off of him, just in the sense of they've been able to establish the run and everything you know, is going well for him in the flow of the offense. Uh, getting Cooper clearly has helped. I still don't think the trade is like definitively worth it because, I no, mean, no, no. Yeah. you're giving up a first-round pick. I still don't think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender, although they did beat the Saints. You know, I'll give them some credit there. But, uh, you know, they, they scored 13 points still. <laughs> and, and Cooper had a big yeah. fumble in that game. Not to say that just instantly, you know, makes the trade, you know, not worth it for them. But to, to get into that a little bit more, just I think it's it's still not the most efficient use of resources because I know he's young, but you're still going to have to pay him that money. And if you have that first round pick, you know, they still have to pay a lot of guys. But just putting yeah. that aside for a second because we're talking about this week's game. Um you know, yes, he is playing better. And and the, I've always said the thing that I will give Dak credit for, which very much concerns me about him, is really not his ability as a passer so much, but his ability as a runner. And he's and Jim Schwartz highlighted this in his press conference this week. And Dak has had some really big runs in these games where you know, they're backed up third and 14, third and nine, you know, in these key situations. And he's back there and, you know, no one's really open, but he takes off. And they can't bring him down. And Dak is hard to tackle, too. You know, for as much as Zeke is hard to tackle, Dak is – he's stout. Uh, he, he's not easily tackleable. So that's a that's another thing they'll have to watch out. And it's hard to account for because you're – you know, you're trying to cover all these guys and try to make sure, you know, you have your assignment. And on top of that, then you have to worry about the quarterback taking off and running. And Dak has been really good at that in recent weeks, which makes this uh, Cowboys offense – Dangerous, I think, especially in the red zone is an area where that's always concerning to me. Yeah, because big time. You try to have again. You try to. You're trying to like count for every guy, and all of a sudden you forget about Dak, and he's just running in for an easy touchdown. So that's a big concern for me, for sure. Uh, especially you know, like to have that run game going with Zeke, and then you have to worry about the run game, the quarterback. It's just it's tough. Um, so that's definitely going to be a big factor this week. I just I go back to what I said earlier. It's just I don't think he's gonna. You know, Dak doesn't put the team on his back. Like that's not what he's going to do. He's not going to just. Yeah. Uh, it's not like the Cowboys are going to be failing all around them, and Dak is just going to be like, you know what, guys, I'm just going to take over. <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah, I, got, I this. got this. Like, don't worry <laughs> about it. Like that's just not the kind of quarterback he is. And I mean, that's fine. It works for the Cowboys with their formula, but ultimately, I think it limits them. It limits their ceiling, which is why we always we want Dak Prescott to stay in Dallas ultimately, because I don't think that. That formula ultimately bears out with a championship, or at least not most of the time. So uh, that is the the ceiling on him. But he he obviously can provide some value to this offense, and it's it's going to be tough. The Eagles are going to have to stay disciplined. They're going to have to make sure to account for him in the running game, and they're going to have to pop the ball out and get some big hits on him too. I think I was saying this back in week yeah. ten. Like if he's going to take off with the ball, make him pay for it. Like don't you know? Obviously, I'm 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 not saying like you know hit him. Play dirty and hit him after the whistle. Within the confines of the game, like if he's taking off running, like I would just love to see like Fletcher Cox just blindside him from behind. Like again, legally, not trying to hurt him or interfere. I'm just saying, like, like if he's going to take off running, then make him pay for it and make him think twice about doing it and and make him hurt for doing it. So, uh, hope to see that this week as well. Yeah, you don't just generally in football see big hits anymore either. That's just they've been they've been litigated out of the game and i that's that seems to be something that 
um, kind of doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but uh, that's one of the reasons why maybe turnovers are down a little bit for the Eagles this year. They're just not getting – I can't remember the last really big hit an Eagles player has uh, – defender has laid on an offensive player this season. I, I really can't think of one. And uh, the Michael Bennett when he took down Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that's no, was probably the. I, I, I was like, I was like trying to remember. I was like, am I missing? Am I missing one? The one yeah, the um, one he got flagged for. When he got flagged for, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I figured. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, well, you know, it's uh, Michael Bennett is, uh, as we know, a monster. <laughs> um, okay, NFL matchups for this week. We're going to give you our pick on the Eagles Cowboys game coming up here in just a minute. But first, we'll run down a few of the uh, the big games this week. Um, First up, another NFC East contest. The Giants are three and a half points favorites at Washington. How the mighty Redskins have fallen, BLG. This team was six and three a few weeks ago with Alex Smith leading a competent team. Now they're six and six. They got Mark Sanchez running things. You look at the rest of that roster, and all of a sudden, it just looks like it's devoid of talent. The, the Redskins could very easily lose out here, BLG. And so you've got the Giants favored by three and a half on the road. How you feeling about this one? Eli Manning and the Giants favored by three and a half on the road. Yeah, I mean, I think they should be. I mean, Washington is at a point yeah. where starting Mark Sanchez, man, like I can't pick them to win. Uh, and it's really unfortunate for Washington. I mean, um, hard to feel bad for that organization in many ways. But uh, just from a, an objective standpoint, like they were the number one injured team last year in terms of adjusted games lost by football outsiders. So you figured they would get some positive regression in that area. That's something we talked yeah. about on this podcast earlier in the season, why we thought they would be the number two team in the NFC East. And had they stayed healthy, I don't think that would have been so crazy. And they, they might have even won the division if they, they stayed been number healthy. number one. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, very, so it's very, just they've had a lot of bad luck, if we're being honest, uh, to, to, you know, to be down to your third string quarterback like this. Um, it's, it sucks for them for sure. Um, but you know, I, I think the giants have been playing a little bit better. They've won what three out of their last four, if I'm not mistaken here, they're, they're playing better football yeah. recently. Uh, still not amazing, but Pat Shermer, again, the master of ruining draft position here. If this season were to end today, <laughs> the giants would be picking seventh and, uh, with the Jaguars losing here on Thursday night football, I believe. Um, that's 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 important in terms of the draft because if the Jaguars move ahead of the Giants in the draft order, they are clearly going to be one of those teams that is going to be drafting a quarterback, which could make it yes, tougher sir. for the Giants, which I love. So I would love to see the Giants win. Uh, one thing I want to hit on with Washington is, man, like what are the, what's going to happen with Alex Smith? Like, you know, there's these reports out there that like – his leg is not looking good, like that situation. He has an infection, infection. or something from the surgery. Like, yeah, man, like he's 34 years old, and if he can't play again, I mean, Washington signed him to a huge contact extension. Yeah, they're uh, they screwed. can't, like, realistically. I don't know how it works. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's a special situation here with this kind of injury. I don't know. I because it's just you know, I, I don't really know the precedent for that. But just looking at his contract, they can't really get out of it realistically until 2021 <laughs> like they are locked yeah. into that thing it is a very bad contract i guess uh, i see that they can cut him uh post june one uh after this postseason it would be like 20.4 million in dead money uh with zero cap savings so it wouldn't be a loss they wouldn't take a like they wouldn't lose cap money by doing that but man like they're not in a good situation that's just not only for this year but moving forward like what do they do i mean they and they've already won enough games where even if they lose out like they're still not going to get probably a good enough draft pick to get the the quarterback they want i mean someone might follow them so man that's that's that sucks for them and it's ultimately good for the for us as you know for for rooting for the eagles here uh for the giants to be winning meaningless games down the stretch so i will take the giants yeah, I'll take the Giants uh, and, and take, uh, you know, even though they're giving up three and a half on the road, I, I, I agree. Washington is just falling apart at the seams, so I'll, I'll go with New York as well. You got the Rams. This is a great game. The Rams at the Chicago Bears. I believe this is the Sunday night game. Uh, the Rams favored by, they are three-point favorites on the road at Chicago. We know the Bears have a great defense, BLG. Uh, they, they're just, they, they lost a tough game last week, and I don't know. I think that, the Rams, I think this is if if they're going to lose another game this year, aside from the Eagles game, uh, <laughs> I think the I think this could be where they pick up their second loss wow. of the season. 
I, I think you know, going into Chicago is tough, especially in prime time. Chicago is going to be jacked up for this game. Uh, this game is, uh, I mean, this is featuring the the NFC Central leaders against the NFC West champs, and uh, it's. I, I like Chicago to get up for this game. I think the Rams will struggle a little bit in the cold weather. I think it's going to be cold up there in Chicago on Sunday night. At least it should be cold in early December in Chicago in a night game. So I think with I think if the elements are favorable for the Bears, which I believe they will be, and I think the Rams are are due for another loss here at some point. I, I like the I like the Bears not only. To, to take the points, I like the Bears to win that game outright. Wow. Uh, I, I definitely think it is a worthwhile bet looking into, you know, the, the Bears getting points at home. Uh, definitely a tempting proposition. But I'll, I'll ring the bell here, and I will take the Rams. I just think overall still they're a tier above what the Chicago team is. Just I'm, I've never really been all in on Trubisky, even though, you know, he's had some moments this year for sure. Um, but he's coming mm-hmm. off that injury too. And I don't know exactly where he's at. And I, I didn't really feel that all that great about him in the first place. So I would kind of like to be wrong about that. I would like to see the Chicago team do well. Just kind of interesting to see how this defense will match up against that offense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad bet on your part by any means. But I, I will take the Rams in this one. I will side with them. Understandable. The Rams are just really damn awesome. And they might go 15-1 and one this year. You never know. Um, last game, Minnesota at Seattle, again, a game with huge NFC wildcard implications. Uh, Seattle is a three point favorite at home, but I, we know the home team generally gets, uh, three points anyway. So really uh, Vegas is looking at these two teams as being pretty evenly matched. How do you see this one shaking out? Yeah. So that whole ESPN playoff leverage thing I was talking about earlier where the Eagles, uh, you know, their playoff odds increased by 47% if they win this game. Well, If Mm -hmm. the Vikings lose this game, their playoff odds suddenly decrease by 33%. And they're only like just a little bit ahead of the Eagles at that point. So this is a very big game. Eagles fans should be rooting for the Seahawks here. I think it's clear, you know, if if you're talking about, you know, for the interest of the wild card picture, because I just think Seattle, again, they still have to play the Cardinals and the 49ers. I just, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. They're going to get that five seed anyway. So uh, if you're if you're trying to keep hope alive for the wild card, which I don't love, by the way, because you know I don't like the I don't love the idea of trying to root for both like the Eagles winning the division and having the the wild card fallback option because that means essentially that you're rooting for the Cowboys to potentially get into the playoffs as the wild card at that point uh, if the Eagles do win the division. So that's the angle I don't like to that, but uh, I guess you know to me uh, as far as picking the game goes, I think it's kind of uh, kind of an easy pick. Uh, Seattle, three standard three point home favorites here. Um, they're they're so good at home. Their home record is so good, and I just think they're legitimately they're a very good team. Russell Wilson is playing very well here, and we all know Kirk Cousins, John. And I have to bring up the stats because <laughs> I did it this week. Um, Please do. I wrote about it earlier in the week. He is where is he at now? Uh, I can't wait to update this and tweet it out at the final uh, end of the season here. But um, this is a stat rate against yeah, winning teams. How he struggles against yeah. Winning so teams. overall, as a starter, he is thirty-two, thirty-five, and two. So uh, three games under five hundred there. Uh, but his record against teams with nine plus wins, so teams with winning records, essentially, he is four and twenty-two in twenty-six games. <laughs> and teams with eight plus wins, he is eight and twenty-five in those thirty-three games. So not very good. I I, I just. To me, it never makes sense to bet on Kirk Cousins in a big spot against a big team. Like that's just, that's not the direction I would go in. No, and I'm coming around on that in games like this for sure. I I like Cousins probably more than most, but going into Seattle to beat the Seahawks in a game with these kinds of playoff implications, I'm with you. I think taking Seattle at home, um, favored by three. Yeah, makes makes all the sense in the world. So I will agree with you. I will take the Seahawks. And while well. we're on the topic all of right. the Vikings, uh, John, can we talk a little bit about yes. John DeFilippo, Uh, You know, getting a little bit of getting some crap really from from Zimmer, kind of like about not running the ball enough. Seems like there's kind of some huh. dysfunction there a little bit. Um, also, the fact that you know this Vikings offense hasn't been really amazing. You know, for for as much yeah. as we and Kirk Cousins, you know, hasn't been like. Super, super awesome for as much as we bemoan losing uh, Flip. I'm not saying he's a bad coach yeah. all of a sudden, but I just think putting that in perspective. And again, as I mentioned kind of earlier in the show, Frank Reich also getting shut out by the Jaguars 
uh, last week. Yeah. So yeah. just I think something to think about. Not not to say that like those guys are suddenly bad coaches or you know that, that they're it's good that they're gone. But I just think you know maybe not like the the, the perfect flawless coaches that you know we yeah. might be making them out to be at times. Yeah, the the brain trust didn't take all of their intelligence that the Eagles had last year with them. I mean, it was it was a shared effort, and uh, these guys are good coaches. But yeah, you're right; they're not they're not infallible. They're not perfect coaches, and the Eagles actually seem to be uh, picking up some momentum here with their offense uh, as these two guys are having a little bit of struggle. So, um, I I think that um, as we move on to now to, to kind of give your give us our our picks on, on the Eagles and the Cowboys game. Dallas is favored by, in some places, three points, other places, four points. Um, you know, I BLG, I, I'm going to – do you want to take this first or you want me to, you want me to go first? Uh, I don't like how you sounded there, so I want you to go first. <laughs> I think the Eagles are going to win this oh, football game. Okay. I do. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I throw a monkey That sounded so there, negative. But I do. No, I was going to say that, you know, I, I'm interested the fact that we do look at this Cowboys team and we see how well they're playing. And you've got to give them all the credit in the world for beating the Saints in New Orleans. Sure. It's not something I, any of us thought that they were going to be able mm-hmm. to do. I, and, but you and I both talked about it on the um, on the preview podcast last week when the game was going on, how we, we kind of both in the back of our minds felt like the Saints were due for a stinker at some mm-hmm. point and playing in Dallas was a good opportunity for that to happen. The Cowboys have a very good defense. The offense didn't show up in that game, but we have to also remember it was just a month ago that this Cowboys team was dreck. They were terrible. I mean, this wasn't even like a a mediocre team. This was a bad football team. And so I don't know if they're going to get back to that. They they may have just found their groove and they're going to play well here the rest of the season. But like you said earlier, the Eagles play well in Dallas. Even in losing efforts recently, they've played well in Dallas. For whatever reason, they get up for this game. I think that the Eagles offense is finally starting to get going. The screen game is working. The run game is working. And I do think we're going to see a little bit more from Carson Wentz as far as making plays behind the line of scrimmage. I'm really crossing my fingers and hoping we get an MVP level type performance from Carson because that's what this team needs. If, if Carson wants to get this team to the Super Bowl the, and to the playoffs, the place where he didn't get to go last year, he's got to lead him there. He's got to be the guy to take him there, and I think that he can do it. I think that the Eagles are just kind of hitting their stride now offensively. Hopefully they can get a lead early. I think that's how they win this game is they get a lead early. They force the Cowboys to be one-dimensional, make Dak beat you throwing the football. So I think the Eagles win this football game. I say they win it 27-21. to Okay, that's pretty decisive. Um, Mm -hmm. Man, it is. If I'm being honest, I feel like – if I had to rank my confidence in the Eagles winning this game on a scale of one to ten, it's about a four. Um, so wow, oh, it's BLG. about a four. Um, and it's not even so much about the Cowboys. You know, I, I was watching Creed uh, recently, and I was thinking about how the first the one first or the one, second one. I'm behind. Okay. Um, I haven't seen the second one either. No, so I was no, no spoilers here or anything, but just talk. You know, Rocky talking about how you know like, your toughest opponent is you. It's the man in the mirror. It's and that's mm-hmm. and that's how I felt uh, when I felt the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl. It wasn't like it didn't matter who they were playing. Like it wasn't about beating the Patriots. It was just like they're the better team. Like I know, like I know they are. Like, it doesn't it doesn't even matter what the Patriots are. Like I just know the Eagles are the better team. I just I I felt it to my core. And now with this team. I'm not that strongly convicted that they're going to lose, but I just, I don't, I still don't like trust them. Like, and how could you, like, how could you fully just trust this team still? And that's what I guess that's where it kind of comes down to for me. So I'm kind of picking with my heart, a little bit of my head, I guess, in that sense, because I still have that doubt. Um, I think it's going to be a competitive game either way. I do like the three point the, the Eagles getting points at three point five, especially because I think it's going to be at least a three point game. I think it's going to be a field goal kind of so that yeah. that extra half point. I really like that there. Um, I guess if I'm picking a score here, I, I'm going to take the Eagles to win in a very close game. You had me nervous there for a second. Very close PLG. game. <laughs> it's very close, but it is a Jake Elliott field goal that makes it twenty six to twenty four. Um, I was going to say overtime. That obviously this is not a score that works out in overtime, but I think you know this could be a game that goes to that. I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a tough game, man. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere. I think that term gets overused, but it really is. Like this is this is it. If the Cowboys win this game, 
they're going to the the playoffs as NFC as champions. Very much, most likely. I think it's like a 97% chance at that point. And if the Eagles win, they still have work to do, but they're in a very reasonable spot. I think they're around, they'd be around like 53%. Uh, with And obviously, if they win this game, you're feeling good about their chances in these final games here. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be tough. I <laughs> I don't have a lot of conviction. I just, I guess here's one thing that I keep coming back to is that, are the Cowboys really going to sweep the Eagles this year? I just like that part of me. Yeah, can't I see thought it. about like, that I just too. can't see that. Like, I don't think I know the Eagles. They they're not amazing. It's been an uneven year. I just don't think they're that bad, and I don't think the Cowboys are that good. I don't know if that's kind of like a really good enough reason. Uh, that's kind of like you know you're taking a test and you're picking like C for three answers in a row, and then all of a sudden you get to that fourth one, and you're like. Well, it can't be C a fourth time, can it? So it's it's not always the best <laughs> logic there. But I just there's something about me like, that feels like they're just they're not going to get swept. Like I, I just I don't see it. So hopefully I'm right. Hopefully uh, we don't have that bite us back. Just like Kamu Gruje Hill's comments might bite us back a little bit, a little bit after mm-hmm. if they do lose. So <sighs> we'll see. Well, I think I think part of it is that Saints game really kind of threw off everybody's. Uh, Thought, thoughts about what this team really is, this Cowboys team is, and was that them just playing their best game of the season and the Saints playing their worst game of the season, or did we see this Cowboys team as a better team than we thought they were? And I think we'll get some of those answers on Sunday afternoon. We'll get some of those answers about the Eagles on Sunday afternoon. Whether or not there's anything left of the 2017 Eagles, if there's anything left of that team in this year's team, we'll see it on Sunday afternoon. Um, in Dallas when they uh, get started at about 425 in the afternoon. And the whole country's going to get this game, so uh, it's it's probably going to be, you know, there's a few good games on the schedule, but this is certainly going to be um, one of the marquee games. And hopefully we get another, we get a good, another historic Eagles win in this, uh, this Dallas-Eagles uh, rivalry that has uh, stumbled on some hard times here in recent seasons. Uh, just a reminder, gang, um, to subscribe and leave those ratings and those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, those five-star ratings, uh, please keep them coming. It's been awesome seeing you guys uh, continue to give us those five-star ratings and the reviews. We love them all, so um, it helps other Eagles fans find the podcast. It goes a long way to helping us all out, so please uh, continue to do that. And that'll do it for this edition of BGN Radio, episode number 26. For Brandon Lee Gowton, I'm John Stolness. Everybody, enjoy the game on Sunday. That doesn't make sense. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.